0: Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I am really excited today that I get to be here and talk with Bethany Ricks, who is author of the book, An Inconvenient Journey, which we're going to talk about today, as well as founder of the Jesus-led Bible-fed community on Instagram, which we follow and just love, um, to encourage women to just basically um, embark on on biblical leadership, which I think is so important. So Bethany, thank you for coming on and just talking about all of the things with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here.
0: Well, before we get started, um, we like to ask all of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. And that's totally like an open-ended, it could be crazy, it could be off the wall or it could just be a literal prayer closet like in the movie war room
1: um so I have two depending on maybe depending on the prayer or or my mood (laughs) um one is my car um so I will actually did it this morning where there's something about being in the car and encapsulated with worship That gets me in the right headspace. And so after I dropped the kids off at school, I went for a drive and turned on my um, playlist, my Jesus Led Bible Fed playlist, uh, which is a lot of worship music and just um, kind of focused in on what I needed to focus in on. Uh, So that happens a lot. And then my second room, which happens a lot in the winter is, um, my living room, which has a fireplace and a really beautiful view. And there's been a lot of pacing that has happened in that room and a lot of ups and downs that have been experienced with me and God, um, in that living room. And so those are most likely the two places I go for myself or, uh, for other people.
0: I love that. My co-host Alana is a pacer. She loves pacing. That's like how she thinks. It's how she brainstorms her best. She's a Christian author. And so she gets her best ideas pacing. She prays pacing. When we talk on the phone, I always know she's pacing. So it's just so funny, (laughs) but um, a funny car. I agree with the car and I love being able to just like crank up the worship music or whatever, mm-hmm. or even just have complete silence and just pray out loud to God. Cause nobody knows if you're on hands free or not, they're not going to judge you. If you're you know, to a stoplight and you're talking, nobody knows, but I actually, I, have no got, idea. A, I got a speeding ticket one time. I was kind of mad at God because I was listening to worship music and I was like, I was just in the zone, you know, worshiping and, and I was driving. I don't even know where I was driving, but I think I was maybe even driving home from college, which was like a four and a half hour drive. But I just remember I was so like powerfully worshiping and I got pulled over and I thought, God's gonna get me off on a warning for this. You know, there's no way no. I'm gonna get a ticket. I got a ticket. I had to pay a ticket. No. I thought, God, come on. You know, I didn't even to worshiping. I was worshiping, but you know, all the money's his anyway. So whatever. It, exactly. It didn't do any lasting damage, but <laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> I would,
0: it is, yeah. Well, I would love to talk about your book, An Inconvenient Journey, which is just great poetry. I mean, every oh, thank you. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful writing. And you know, just um, well, I'll let you talk about the book. And so, what inspired you to write this book, and what was it about, and who is it for? Oh,
1: wow. Uh, so kind of a lot, I, right. I, I <laughs> in like, a nutshell. Okay. Yeah. In a nutshell, my very troubled and traumatic marriage, uh, was really the inspiration for the book. So I was married for 10 years. Uh, that was a very volatile relationship. And the first poem in the book was no, the second poem in the book was written, the day uh, we separated. And then, and these poems were never, I didn't write them with the intent of them being published. And they were more so just kind of my musings when I would travel um, at the time, because I didn't have, I didn't have the the words to articulate the type of pain that um I was experiencing. And so I would just kind of write when I was on the plane or in the hotel room and I just had journals upon journals um, as I was going through this really trying time. I have, I have, At the time, there were two young children. Now they are uh, older. My son, Zion, is 11 and my daughter, London, is nine. Um, so those poems were birthed out of pain. Um, and then in 2020, when we were all... <laughs> at home, um, I decided to pull them together, a selection of poems together, um, which kind of became an inconvenient journey. Um, and the reason the title is an inconvenient journey, it's because it didn't necessarily follow the plan of my life it, as it had been mapped out at the time. And so that's kind of what it was birthed, how it was birthed and it was for people who were going through different trials and tribulations, but also people who were struggling and wrestling with God. And so the poems are very transparent. You can feel the hurt. You can feel the wrestling um, that's happening. They're very honest. They're not necessarily imperfect. So there's a lot of kind of abrupt stops because sometimes we're grieving and then we have to stop in the grieving because other things are happening in life. And so they are written that way on purpose. Um and then we continue on and then we have to come back. Um and so it really is a reflection of what I was experiencing over a series of years of deep healing.
0: So do you um I mean all the each poem is just really powerful. And it the whole is a journey. I mean, I feel like just going through it, it, it very, it just paints this picture of a journey of healing. Um, it seems like some are direct prayers addressing God. Others are kind of musings and reflections and introspection. Um, yes. so do you believe that there's power in writing and journaling through the healing process?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I, if you would have asked me before, I would have said no. <laughs> I would be like, no, I, you know, that's for some people not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think there is power in the pen and there's power in not being perfect in what you write and just writing what you feel even if it's an adjective. I've never been one who I've I've had people want me to put together devotionals and things that are more prescriptive for, to help people write, but I'm more of a, just write what you feel, write the, if even if it's an adjective, even if it's just one word, um, and then come back later and reflect on that one word. Why did you feel angry at 2.05 PM? What was going on at 2.05 or at, um, you know, 8.30 AM? Why did you wake up foggy? reflect on that later in the day. Um, Things as simple as that are a form of writing and expression and can become a habit that allows us to see ourselves in a form of healing in the seeing.
0: That's powerful. Just giving that freedom because I know, especially when I start a new journal, I want it to be perfect. I want my grammar, my handwriting. <laughs> I don't, you know, and you can see the progression as I go through the journal, it starts off all pretty. And then it's like chicken scratch and, you know, frantic scribbling down and scratching out. But yeah. There's there's pressure that we put on ourselves sometimes to show up especially <laughs> when when we're journaling for the purpose of communicating with God but even yeah. when we're just journaling on you know just our feelings but I love that idea of the one word I've I've kind of gravitated toward one word prayers lately yes um when I'm especially when I'm praying for my family members and sometimes when I don't really want to write out something very specific that I don't want someone to go back and read because there's pressure there too of like, well, I don't want someone to find this and know that this is what I'm thinking. So I just think of, I just stop. I'm like, what is the one word that encapsulates what I want for this person? And then I know I can yeah. fill in the details when I go back. And um, but sometimes there's a lot of freedom in that. In as much as I love the English language, I I love the freedom of detaching from the need. To like you said, like some of your poems are not perfectly written. No, you know, the grammar isn't perfect, the punctuation isn't perfect, and it's on purpose because that's we don't necessarily communicate with God or communicate our feelings to ourselves or to others in perfect grammar and so there's freedom and just saying hey just write one word and you mentioned times and dates because um is do you think that's kind of important to write down the time that you're in the day that you're feeling this certain thing when you go back does that help you
1: I think so I, I believe so um I was coaching someone just a few weeks ago and I told her just write the word you are feeling in the time mm-hmm. and that time and that moment in the day will have enough memory with it to help you have a point of reference. That's all you need is a point of reference. And God is a God who's a, who gives us a point of reference also. Um, and so that's why I think the date and the times are important, especially if you see a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big pattern person and not in a weird in a weird way. Um, I just think that we are our patterns. And so when we can start to see certain patterns of behaviors, even when it comes to our emotions or, um, how we're showing up, that will help us regain some semblance of control, um, or understand how we can better heal.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know for myself, there were times when I would not understand why I was feeling a certain way. And I started to notice patterns in just a monthly cycle of patterns as a woman or a seasonal cycle. What I came to realize living in Alaska is I, (laughs) every spring when the days started getting longer, I started to get more anxiety, more kind of feeling down. It's, I have a little bit of what would be considered like the opposite of of SAD, like seasonally affected disorder. It's not enough that I'm like hugely affected, but it's enough that I notice it and that I would really struggle. And it took me several years to really realize, and it wasn't through journaling, but it was just through kind of, I think a friend yeah. actually pointed it out to me, like, don't you get this way every spring? Um, And it's because our days, I think it's because our days get significantly longer and something about that affects my rhythm, my hormones, my chemistry, maybe, or maybe just psychology. Yes. Um, maybe it has to do with the school season or something about like, practically speaking, but whatever it is, once I recognized that it made it so much easier because I thought, okay, spring is coming. I need to really focus on Staying mentally healthy and staying physically healthy, taking my vitamins. So there's power in recognizing those cycles and those triggers and those patterns. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I also really enjoy personally going back. I like how you talk about writing something down. And even if you don't have the energy to process it at that moment, that you can go back later when you're feeling more Capable and more emotionally available and healthy and strong to go back and and maybe invite God into that process of hey what-? yes yeah yeah yes yeah.
1: we will uh, the royal we you know we will force capacity yeah um, and oh, yeah. we will you know we'll try and rush the presence of God and sometimes we have to create space. And though he is omnipresent and always present, um, there is something about creating capacity versus forcing it and making room versus forcing room. And sometimes at 7 a.m. in the morning, when you're trying to get the kids out to school or trying to prepare yourself for work or trying to think about you know, a meeting or all the things you have to do in that day, to also try and journal while doing a devotional, while to, you know trying to go through the checklist, that's that's tr- trying to create something, and that's not the space to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Versus coming back to it later um, and walking a al- walking with God alongside that um, and inviting Him in is is a game changer. It's a game changer.
0: So I want you to talk more about that. So you said there's a difference between creating space and forcing space. What Can you talk more about that? Because that's really important. I want you to tell us more about that.
1: So we will force things by our uh, checklists and we will force process into our life. So if it doesn't happen between the schedule that I have set, then it's not meant to happen, which is not necessarily the case. right? Right. So if it doesn't happen between eight, the time that I've set aside Mm -hmm. to do my devotionals, then that means there's no space for me to kind of tackle this issue today versus if it's really a big deal to me, maybe I need to create the space later in the day. And maybe that's at 8 p.m., which is not set in the schedule, but Mm -hmm. maybe you, you have to create that space to do that. Um, And give God time, a window of time that's not just 30 minutes. I'm not chastising schedules, um, but I am saying there are things that we really need to go deep on that we can't do in 20 minutes and 30 minute increments. And there's freedom in in that.
0: Yeah, there is. And I think sometimes we put ourselves in a box of, okay, a good Christian wakes up at 6am and has their quiet time for one hour or even 15 minutes, but maybe not, maybe it doesn't work that way for everyone. Maybe you're not mentally there. I'm, I'm speaking from experience at 6 15 or six in the morning. Maybe you're just getting, you know, the very basic things done at that point. And maybe there's another time or, um, you know, and I think it's two different things. What you're talking about specifically is not holding yourself to your timing, but allowing God to to do be whatever it is, be Let God. Be right. God. And maybe, God even, be God. yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there's this other thing of, if you do like schedules, maybe if it's not working for you to process your emotions or your feelings, maybe it is a timing issue and maybe you need to, you know, feel like I can do things differently than other people. I can have my quiet time in, you know, on my commute to work or, as I'm lying in bed at night, you know, quieting my head or, you know, there, there might be all sorts of different ways to, to connect that don't look like everybody else.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, during this time period, when I was working in the traditional corporate space, I was up at 445. And so my time with God, um, (laughs) when I made time for God, which is a different conversation <laughs> was in my car yeah, because of how my day played out. I was a single mother and there would be times where I felt shame about that because right. it didn't look like everyone else. Right. And me getting up at four forty five was because I had to be at the office earlier and I had to get my kids ready for, you know, for who would come over to then take them to school. Cause I couldn't take them. So my life looked very different than my neighbor's life and my engagement and interactions with God also looked different. Um, And over time, I learned to embrace that. It was very freeing, but that in and of itself was a journey.
0: Yeah. And I think guilt is, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, like guilt and shame for what we are doing and how we're doing it not looking like what we thought it should look like or what we want it to look like or what someone else looks like or what someone else tells us we should think it should look like, you know, like, yeah, think, yeah, that kind of, that is true for everybody at any point in time. I think, I think that comparison or the, the pressure to show up in a way that you think you should show up is, I mean, I think we all struggle with that. And I think, like you said, we need to give ourselves permission to, to have seasons of life where things are going to look different and then another season might come when it'll look totally different from that. And that's okay. And, and that's good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I am a 11 AM type of Bible reader, you know? So for anyone who's listening and who they're like, well, you know, I, I, I'm i I'm good at like 11 a.m. That's what I've had my coffee. Right. I've done some things, you know, I'm up and moving. I'm not a devotional person. Oh my gosh. You know, I that's not, that doesn't really get me deeper into my word, which is not a criticism for other people who do. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of on the other side, which I felt really alone in that space because I would be sitting around and people are talking about the different things they're reading. And I'm like, I'm. I'm okay. That's, you know, not me. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Um, but it is okay. You know, how God is showing up in your story and what that relationship looks like, because God in Christ, that's a relationship. That's an intimate relationship. And, um, sometimes we forget that.
0: Yeah. And Yeah. And it's, it's, and every relationship is different. You know, you don't have the same relationship with each of your kids. You don't have the same relationship with each of your friends. Like, why would you have, why would every single person's relationship with God look exactly the same? That doesn't make sense. So, well, I was just curious with, I mean, you obviously have a gift for words and just, you know, but when you were in some of these darkest places of pain, were there times when there were like, zero words? And if so, how could you encourage someone that's in that position right now? That's like, I just don't have any words and I want to connect with God, but I just don't even know how.
1: Uh Yes, I had long stretches and by long stretches, just to give context, it wasn't, you know, a couple of days, it was months and even on the back end of my marriage there were a couple of years the last couple of years of my marriage uh where there was no conversation between me and god in part because i was angry um and which i have no you know i'm not saying these words flip it lee you know you guys can't see my face but i'm not kind of saying them like oh i was angry at god and da 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 um i was going through a lot of trauma and confusion. And um, I didn't want to talk to God. And that is a very real feeling. I was a believer. I was still going to church every day, or not every day. I was still going to church every Sunday, going to Bible study. Um, but my mouth was closed. And the beautiful thing about God is he does not change based off of our emotions or, um, our circumstance. So he is consistent. And even when I was resistant to him, he was continually drawing near to me. And so what i was doing in my writing which i didn't realize was i was also in conversation with him and so by cuz he already knew how i felt right. so it wasn't it wasn't as though the lack of prayer and he saw the tears he saw the frustration pleading is also a form of praying so it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was saying, God, please. Um, and that is a form of prayer. And so your words and prayers may not look traditional, but he still hears. And I would say, um, if you're not a writer, if you're like, well, Bethany, you know, I'm not a writer. So (laughs) what about me? You know, if I'm not writing words out, um, I would say one word prayers are enough. Please help. Um God, I don't I don't even know what to say. I need to feel your presence. He will draw near to that. There's this overused phrase, God will meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. And I say it's overused because people just kind of say it all the time that you lose the power in the fact that he will meet you at the point of impact, the point of pain, the point of hurt, the point of despair, because that is where you are, right? So when people say, oh, God will meet you where you are, Christ will meet you where you are. It's the point of infection is where he will meet you and he will start healing, but that does require a level of closeness. And so as he gets close, for us, the work is not to stiff arm the closeness and intimacy that comes with him drawing near. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well,
0: that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That is really good. And what you say about like your feelings, your emotions not changing who God is. And I think we sort of think that, like, I know I've felt before when I feel like God is silent, you know, there's one thing about, you know, not feeling like you can talk to God, but sometimes you'll talk to God and not feel like He's talking back. And my feeling is that he doesn't care, or my feeling is that he's not hearing me or seeing me. But the truth is, he sees all. He is always close, he's never any farther than we'll let him be. So, I think what are some practical ways that we can keep from stiff arming God? Like, what are, do you have any advice for how we can? open ourselves up if we're feeling closed off or if we, you know, have mental blocks against allowing him in when we're feeling pain.
1: So one of the things I tell people to do is go to the book of Psalms. Mm. Read David, but read it out loud. Read his heart cry out loud. Mm. So not just like in your head but read those Psalms out loud hmm. and let them get in your spirit. And if you don't have the strength to read them out loud, because sometimes we don't, have someone read them for you. Hmm. Have someone and send a text, say, "I could you read Psalms X, Y, and Z to me in a voice memo? Because hearing is believing. This is what the word tells us. That is so good. That's what the word, that's what the word tells us. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we struggle to believe because we need to hear and we need to hear to see our way clear. Um, And if someone is listening and they say, well, I don't have anybody, then send me a direct message and I will read it to you on Instagram in the DM. I, that's, that's a simple task. That's an easy, that's an easy task to help you overcome what I, I don't even need context. If there's a song that you need read, that will help you overcome so that you can hear, so you that you believe and remember, right, because there's power in remembering, Um, then let it be so. Uh, so that's one of the things that I tell uh, people to do is have read the psalm out loud um, and then the second I just kind of touched on a little bit is remember what God has done for you personally in the past because in remembering we are able to see his consistency because at the end of the day it is his consistency that points to his provision. We can look at the stories in the Bible, and we can preach to those stories of Moses, of Abraham, Paul is preached. We can look at the story of Jesus. But there is nothing more real than your present day story. And you being able to look at your story and how Christ has shown up for you as a point of reference today. Today, over your lifetime. So people can say what they want um, on the outside world about Christ and, you know, who he is, what they want about the church, the American church, what it represents, but they cannot dismantle who God is, who Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is in my story. Oh. Can't oh, touch it. You can't touch it. That's right. Right. Yes. You want to you want to break down. You know Moses to me. Um. You want to have a the- theology conversation with me. Go, let we can do that. But at the end of the day, what you're not going to do is misconstrue how he has shown up for me and my story consistently. That is good. But we
0: forget so quickly. You know, it's so we easy do. to point fingers and you know look at the people of Israel and how quickly they forgot and how they longed for slavery in Egypt over the manna because it got boring, you know, like, I mean, but we are so like that. We forget, you know, we see the things that he does. We experience the transformation. Um, But this is why I do love writing it down. I know maybe it's not for everyone, but I do love writing it down because so often I'll look back over a journal and I will see something that I prayed that I forgot I prayed and and then I'll be like oh yeah well he really specifically answered that but I I just I'd forgotten that I even prayed about it and so it's really um, and I I'm not going to pretend like I journal every day. I haven't probably written in my journal in two months at this point, And it's very yeah. sporadic. I'll do it for a little bit, then I'll stop. So I'm not saying but when something very profound happens in your life in my life, I will. Yeah. Bethany, when something profound happens in your life, I journal about it. No, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I journal when thing when something big happens, I just, I like to just write it down and just, just for posterity so that I can someday go back and be like, okay, God did this. Or if I have a deep need, I'll go and I'll journal it down. Even if it's just a few little words, you know, just that I'll remember at some point, because it's so powerful to have those, Ebenezer stones of memorial to go back and, and just stand on when you have, because then you have those things for when you don't have the words, you can, you can go back and read an old journal and, and just be reminded. So.
1: And, and the other pieces, you know, I'm not a huge journaler, but I'm not a huge journaler because I write other things. Right. But there is the other component of not holding your story hostage. And, so when things happen sharing them with community yeah i'm not saying online but people who are close to you because they will also remind you when you are in a point of despair and so i have community women who love god who i you know if i'm going through a hard time if they are going through a hard time um they go but remember this remember when god told you this remember x y and z yes and that it's a form of encouragement but it's also bringing bringing the person back to center but what did god say i know what i know the mountain that's in front of you but what did god say what did he tell you 6 months ago what cuz cuz this is what you told me that he said mm-hmm. this is what you told me you were going to do and so let's just go ahead together and, and speak to the mountain so it moves. And, you know, Job said, if I only had a daysman. And for those who don't know what daysman is, it's that person who puts one hand on God, one hand on you and stands in the gap. And so sometimes we need people to stand in the gap for us when we don't have the words, when we have run out of words. And sometimes we operate as that for other people. And in order to do that, not all the time, we need to understand the components of their story, not all aspects of it. Sometimes I've been a daysman for people with no context, Um, do things as the Lord leads, but don't hold every part of your story hostage because there is power in words and power in testimony.
0: That is such a good point. And I think a lot of times I find myself falling back into the old habit of Reading scripture, looking at, you know, my prayer life as something very isolated when, you know, God intended for everything in our in our Christian walk to be done in community. And there's not a single thing that is supposed to be completely isolated. It's it's very much a community experience. So just I would encourage anyone who feels alone and who's just like, what community? What? What's that? To look for it. Look for that community. Yes. And you know, if you're housebound, look for, I mean, God has given us the gift of technology. I I don't believe that it has- should be a substitute if you can have physical community somewhere, but if it has to be, absolutely. We're real. We're talking to each other. You can do that. You can meet in person on Zoom. You can talk on the yes. phone. You can You know, so yeah, community is so important for so many reasons, but I, I love that, that accountability that sometimes you're not going to be looking back on your journal all the time. Sometimes there's a part of you that doesn't want to remember that wants to wallow a little and I I've been there too, and you need those people that are going to be there to call you out in a loving way and just, you know, remind you, like you said, but what did God say? which is the exact opposite of of what Satan did in the garden. Didn't God say, you know, he he didn't say that. He said this, but you need the people that are going to be like, no, no, no. God said this. Don't listen to that voice. This is what he
1: said. (laughs) This (laughs) is what he said. I mean, and I love the book of Genesis, especially the first three chapters in, in, in reference to community. God says it's not good for man to be alone. I mean right there. Right there. For man to be alone. And so we live in a time right now where people are shamed for their stories, for how they look, for um, you know, all types of things. And find people who will call you up and out, but who also are a safe landing. Yes. Um and who who allow you to grow and move and fall and fail um, and protect you and keep you safe um, under the covering of Christ.
0: I think that's a good point too, because um, spiritual bullying is a real thing. So if you find, (laughs) if you find yourself in a relationship where you're being shamed in the name of Jesus That's not healthy. You might need to find some, you know, calling out in love is very different from being heavy handed and trying to control someone or shame them into fitting into the way that you think they should look, you know, so.
1: Absolutely. My post uh, today on my Bethany Rick's account is we will no longer be held hostage by opinion.
0: Ah, Right. And that's even within the body of Christ. because. Christians are fallen people too. Yeah. Pastors yeah. can be fallen people, are fallen people too, and can, yeah. aren't necessarily going to always act perfectly. So it's important to use discernment and and to make sure that you're feeling safe in that.
1: Yeah. And, and opinions are negotiated. Ne- 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 opinions are negotiable. Facts are truth. And uh, so those are two different things. Yeah.
0: Well, I I really love your honesty. We talked about this a little bit in in these poems and just the way that you come to God with just some of the hard things. So how important yeah. do you think it is for people experiencing pain, experiencing grief or working through trauma to be completely transparent with God about those things?
1: God is not like man. So that's the first thing. Uh there are things that, you know, I definitely could not say to uh people that I can say to God and by the way he already knows.
0: <laughs> right? That that's the bottom line, right? It's not like you're going to hide so he, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he already knows but he's a god of relationship. So instead of saying, you know, Bethany, I already know how you feel. Um he desires and wants relationship. He wants you to want a relationship with with him and communion with him. Um, and so is it difficult? Yes, because often we revert back to the way our friends have reacted when we have told them things, whether it's in the form of rejection, dismissal, being cut off, you know, so you're expressing yourself and people kind of cut you off, like it's not a big deal. Um, God is going to listen to your thought all the way through. Cuz he cares about what you have to say and how you feel. And there is wholeness in him, right? Um and there's healing in him, which means there's not this like rejection and shame. That that stuff doesn't doesn't live in relationship in communion um with God, with Christ. That's that's kind of, you know, that's not that's not there. And so it's difficult. Um and it's hard, but it's so necessary and needed in that in and of itself is 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 a journey. But you know, I like to tell people he already knows. So it's halfway over.
0: And that's like, it's,
1: like it's halfway over.
0: It's halfway over. You're halfway there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Halfway there. I and I I feel like it's very hard sometimes to reconcile that that God knows us fully. I think of the worship song. You know, known and loved. It's we're fully known and fully loved. And it's even now just thinking about that. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. I'm like, He loves me fully, even though. Because people pleasing is something that I, I I think a lot of us, probably most of us struggle with. Not everybody. Some people don't care. But people pleasing is something I struggle with. And it is just really a crazy concept for me that God, if even when I'm not showing up like the polished best for him. And even when I try to, and I know that he sees what's not polished, he still fully loves me. And I mean, that is hard sometimes to, to comprehend. And I think that kind of work needs to be done of understanding that the depth of that love before we can bring that honesty to him. And I, I've i had to work hard at it. I don't know. So have you always felt like it's pretty easy to be honest with God or have you had to work it out and, and cultivate it?
1: I, I had to work it. I had to work it out because of, I was so mad. Right. right? And so right. I was like, I can't bring this to him. Yeah. And even though I know, you know, there were some things I experienced and this is what I was mad about the things that I experienced. I'm like, you, you witnessed that and you didn't step in. Right. 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 The, the, that stuff is real. Yes. I'm like, you were present when these things were happening. Um, and so I knew I was loved, but is that what your, is that how your beloved is treated? And so I had to wrestle with, with that, um, with God. And, but then there's the scripture that everything works together for good. For those who you got to finish for those who trust and believe. Right. You got to finish the scripture Mm because sometimes we cut it off and just say that everything works together for good. Um, And as I look back over my story, not only was he present, he was also in my past while simultaneously in my future because he's not bound by time. Right. So he was working it out in a way that I didn't have to carry shame in 2023, Mm. in 2022, my children would not have to carry shame because their mother had handed down shame and pain to them Mm. that I would then be able to talk about what it means to be imperfect and whole. See, he was working things together for good for his glory also. That's what the scripture says, but we don't read scriptures to completion. And as things were working together for good, it was also healing happening. And though we want healing that is instantaneous, there is something that happens when we go into a deep surgery. And that deep surgery that God does is because he cares so much and it's a precision and he wants to get all of the infection out. He wants to get everything out. So that the story that we tell is not just a story of healing, but also a story of glory that no one can insert themselves into it. See, no one can insert themselves into what God has done for me. No. And there's a level of believability and relatability because it's just honest. Right? So everyone hasn't necessarily walked my journey. Everyone hasn't necessarily walked your journey. But how we experience God in the journey is somewhat similar. That surgical precision and care and handling that wasn't rushed because it was so tender and so precise at the point of need that it's like, okay. But it all worked together. It all worked together for good. And now... Am I imperfect? Absolutely. But I am whole. Which is also kind of counter to culture, right? Where it's like, oh, you can't be whole. No, 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 no. Christ is in me. I am whole. Hmm. And God is not pouring into cracked vessels. There is no Bible for that. Broken vessels, that, that there is no Bible for that. Christ is in me. I am a new creation. Old things are passed away. I have repented for my sins. He has made me new. He has healed me. He is making my broken parts whole. He is pouring into a whole a whole cup. I am human, so I am in imper- I am imperfect. I have to repent. I have to bring myself humbly before him. I have to surround myself in community to make sure I don't fall short, even though I do fall short every day of the glory of the Lord, but you know, I don't fall short in terms of like sin nature.
0: Wow. See, that's
1: that's the stuff that, you know, we're like, oh, but wait a minute, that's just too good. We are undeserving of this type of love. I never said that I deserved this type of love. Mm -hmm. I never said I deserved it, but it is freely given to me. All I have to do is reach out and take it.
0: But that is hard. To believe. It is hard. so hard. It's yeah, hard to it's, believe. I just, just want to rewind. I'm going to go back after this and just rewind and listen to that segment. because <laughs> This is so powerful. I'm just sitting here, like, picturing that broken vessel, picturing Jesus as the, you know, the Putting, perfecter. Yes. yes. Yes.
1: I was once broken and now I am whole. In Christ, I am a new creation. In Christ, I am made new. Oh Yes, I was once broken, full of sin. In Christ, I am made new and I live in a fallen world. I am imperfect every day. I must bring myself humbly before Christ, surround myself in community, be undergirded. Absolutely. But do not tell me after this road that I have been on, after I have been forgiven and healed that I am broken. How dare you? the royal you, not you. How dare you? That is, (laughs) that is, that is the posture that we must take. Yes. As women and men who are walking alongside with Christ. Yes. I am imperfect and I am whole. And when you can hold those two, it becomes much easier to open our hands and accept this grace and love that is pouring out from God, because you know, no, I am undeserving. No, I am not perfect. But in you, I am whole. And you don't pour out into vessels for things to just, you know, leak out right. everywhere. There is overflow, but that's different than, you know, stuff just leak it out. Okay.
0: <laughs> Well as you were talking you know I I think there there's another level to pain and to suffering and to hardship and that's it's hard enough when we experience it ourselves but I'm just thinking also in terms of when we see our children or people that we love hey. suffering this is another area where I think it's so hard To, you know, it's another, you know, I'm thinking of a a thing that happened fairly recently where I was just like, God, it would have been so easy for you. Why couldn't you were there and you let this happen? It would have been so easy. And what harm would it have done for you to make this thing not happen, you know, to my kid? And it was, you know, it it's that same thing that you're talking about though. We have to step back and look at this. What God is doing by allowing this thing, whatever it is, big or small or anywhere in between to happen to our loved one, as well as to ourselves, he's, he's writing a story that's between him and that person. And I have to believe like, as, as you were talking, I was just like, okay, I can reframe that and be like, God is writing a story. He's forming a relationship with this child that nobody can take away and if this thing hadn't been allowed to happen this pain hadn't been allowed it's it i have to believe that that there would be something missing that he would not have been able to create in terms of a bond between him and and this child or a work that he's doing in the life of this child. And I don't know. It doesn't always pan out the way we want. Definitely. It doesn't. And and just No, it doesn't. No. But um, but I guess I'm just looking at that idea of the brokenness, the imperfection, the imperfect story that we never wished would happen to ourselves or to the to the people we love being part of this bigger plan of God's work in creating relationship and refining and uh, coaxing, coaxing us into, into the best version of ourselves that we can be through whatever it is, whether we define it as good or bad. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have two children and when I was, my parents have been married for over 40 years. And so I, one of the great, pains that i have is that my children are children of divorce and um that is going to be a part of their story and you know god is a god who writes and rewrites our story right and so i had to get to a point where i said who am i to rob them of their testimony just like my my, my parents couldn't rob me of my testimony and I, you know, we can't, we live in a fallen world and the decisions that people make have a ripple effect and an impact, the decisions that we make have a ripple effect and impact. And that's where, um, I think the beautiful part of God is he can immediately intercede and intersect and rewrite this story and this path that maybe we are going down, um, and, and I think that is so, so beautiful. So, you know, as much as I would want Zion in London to have this picture perfect life, that could also, that picture perfect life um, could also be a detriment to the story that could lead them to being on a podcast. Now, do I think that God causes trauma and illness and things like that? Absolutely not. Because again, we live in a fallen world. Yeah, But- I do think there are parts of the story that he absolutely rewrites, um, and ultimately gets the glory. I was in a corporate, I was in a corporate ro- role, you know, when I wrote this book, and I was going to retire at fifty. I never thought I would be on podcasts. I didn't know anything about Instagram. Didn't really care about it. And now, you know, I travel the country speaking and pouring into women. And God took that pain. And as he was healing me, he also gave me new vision of what my life could be. And now I'm I'm telling myself a very different story.
0: I love that. um, Just imagery of of God rewriting the story. Well, we are totally out of time. I've got like several more things I'd love to talk to you about, but I, I don't want to take too much of your time. So um I do want you to let us know, well, number one, we didn't get to talk about your Jesus-led Bible-fed community on Instagram, but I would love for our okay. listeners to, to check it out. So where can they find you on Instagram?
1: So they can find me at Jesus Led Bible Fed. I have not posted there in a while. I am about to start posting again because I've been working on a lot of different projects, but that page focuses on biblical leadership. So it's taking a lot of the concepts from my corporate life around leadership and looking at the life of Christ and just taking biblical principles and just aligning them to how can you lead well in your everyday life? Just everyday life, not, I don't care if you have a fancy job or not, just how can we show up well to achieve our well done in life? Um, so there, or you can find me on my other page, which is Bethany Ricks, which is also on Instagram. I don't have an A in my name. It's B E T H N Y Ricks. Um, and my Pour It out newsletter, which you can find on my website, which is BethanyRicks.com.
0: And just as far as being someone without a fancy job, I love your Instagram. It's just, it's applicable to everybody. Definitely if you're in a corporate position or if you're in leadership, but even if you're just a regular person wanting to show up well, it's every single one of your posts. I've just been going through it over the last weeks and like, they're just spot on. They're so powerful. So, well, thank um, you. but yeah, definitely. Well, and then um, again, Bethany's book. Is an inconvenient journey. You can find that anywhere on Amazon. Is where I got it. Um, yep. yeah, yeah, love it. Well,
1: thank you um, so much.
0: Well, how can we pray for you today? I'm gonna close us out in prayer, but uh, yeah, how can we pray for you?
1: I am working on a few projects that I just need a clear mind, um, and some of them are writing projects, some of them are speaking, and. I think when you're a creative mind, your head can get cluttered, but I want to write and speak the things that are needed for today. Um, And so, yeah, that would be, that would be wonderful. I would really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, this has been a pleasure, Bethany. Thank you for joining us. I really, really had a good time talking with you today. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Let's pray. God we just thank you for this time together with Bethany and God we just we just pray that you would order her steps order her thoughts father that you would just allow her to be still and just allow all of the extra voices and noise of the world and all of the swirling thoughts to just kind of uh take the volume down on those voices lord let your voice be the clear and just uh most, most audible voice that she hears and just lead her just in each next step, one foot in front of the other. God, I just pray that you would just give her next steps, help her to see clearly which projects to prioritize and how much time to put into them. And for speaking and writing, just help her to really tease out what needs to be said. I just pray for an anointing on her, God, that she would just have wisdom that's not of this world to know exactly what to bring to each place that, that she's pouring her talents and her gifting into. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for giving her um, just this story of redemption, this story of hope. And I just pray your blessing on her and her family. Um, We just ask that you would use her in mighty ways for your kingdom, that you would just, help her to um to just be launched forward to bring good news and hope and truth into the world in every avenue that you that you that you send her out into god in jesus name amen
1: amen thank you so much thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying christian women podcast